All right, let's get into uh, part three of a really good series. One that's surprising me. Um, when I first launched this one a couple of weeks back, my intent was to address the bigger issues that are going on in our current circumstances, the 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 feel of our society and how people are are getting more and more stressed. And it's not decreasing, it's increasing. And our soul requires some rest. So my whole hope in this uh, this uh, mini series is to encourage you that you're not alone, that if you're feeling anxious and you're screaming, stop the world, I want to get off, just like in that, that old song, um, it's okay because we have to be able to pause and mend our soul. Some of us don't even know how to take care of our soul. We're just going day to day and uh, going from a appointment to appointment. Well, for the ones you're allowed to go to, um, or you're stuck at home and you're trying to figure out what to do next. Uh, you can only do dishes so many times. You can only vacuum that floor so many times. You can, you know, honestly, you know what I mean? It, it's just an ongoing um, stress. And then you watch the news and then you go out to, let's say a store. And um, uh, then you have the opinions of, of people who don't want to follow the guidelines of the health department and you have others who are trying to but they're scared and and then you have these arguments on facebook of uh who's lying uh which conspiracy theory do you believe in <laughs> listen it's time to stop all that it's time to uh i think it was uh lorinda put something online it's it's, it's time to stop arguing and, and instead be kind whatever that quote was that was really good and that's true. And I've got to learn that too, because I'm, I'm ready to bark at some people. And sometimes they need to, you know, they need to be told, Hey, please, because they may be in their own little airy fairy bubble and um, uh, not really focusing on um, what's going on around them. They're more self-centered. And in fact, I think this pandemic is revealing the self-centeredness of society which is the world, so to speak. And we need to remember we're not of this world. We are of Christ. Um, I think I think this is going to be an important one to remember this morning. And just as I'm telling you this, I'm realizing, oh my goodness, um, how are we to live in this world with the world's way of being self-seeking? Uh, I did a, a funeral yesterday and realized as I was sharing uh, some of the stories and information that they've asked me to, um, love came up. And I realized the word love, as we've heard at Hope Fellowship and you've heard from many others, the Greek has uh, four different words for love. Um, the first is storge, which is more of a parental love. Then there's phileo, which is like fish, phileo fish. No, I'm kidding. It's more of a parental, oh, no, friendship love. Friendship love is uh, phileo. And then eros, we get the word erotic. And then we have agape. The word agape is who God is. It's the very description of God, others-centered. So when you're reading in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, love does, is not self-seeking. Uh, it keeps no record of wrongs. This is the description of God who is agape. And this pandemic, for those who call themselves believers, listen. 
don't don't tell anybody you're a believer and be a jerk and not be loving towards others. Just shut up, please. I, you're gonna you're totally messing it up for everyone else, <laughs> if you want to call it that, or at least for credibility. We're not gonna get it right. We just aren't. But perhaps if we discover we have the love of Christ in us, we are one with love, agape, uh, then maybe the more we realize that, um, we're going to start to act like it. In fact, next week, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. I'm going to really zoom in on uh, what, what that can look like. What does agape look like? Anyway, I'm jumping ahead now. I was getting excited because I, I thought I would get a couple points done today, and I'm not. So let's let's get into this because I think it's really, really good. Stop the world. I want to get off. Um, uh, I hope you've been enjoying the series. Let me know if you have. I, I In quarantine time, in isolation time, not as easy to go visit. You don't get to hear from as many people. So, all right, what do we got here? So far, the summary of this series has been this. We began talking about the world stresses and all the, the bad news that is just pounded at us and how that affects us. So I created a recipe for the soul in these times. Uh, we began with being still. What does it mean to be still? We talked about meditation. Um, we talked about Jesus going off to pray. Uh, and how important that is to just get away, even if it's for five minutes. Um, for some of us, that's really hard to do, not just because you haven't got the time. I'm talking about it's really hard to go and be still. It just is. Uh, I've been practicing a little bit more. I've not been as successful as I anticipated. I thought when I was teaching this, I thought, okay, I'm going to try and I really want to do this. It's hard. It just is. Uh, some personalities can't do it. Some are do it all the time. And so what are you talking about? This is, I've practiced this for years. Well, if you haven't practiced it for a long time, um, it is difficult to just stop and pause. So anyway, um, then last week we talked about not being afraid. Second uh, Timothy 1.7 talks about God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but one of courage and love and power. Um uh, it took the whole message to, to go through scriptures and see um, that we're not called to be afraid. We're not called to live from fear. So go back and watch that one. Uh, that was part two. And today it's part three. We're going to talk about rest and beloved. But I have a hunch I'm not going to be able to touch beloved. Um, but that one's going to be really good. Um, uh, and then, of course, we're going to end with Nebuchadnezzar's dream of hope. Um, that's the one I'm really looking forward to. That is the message that started this series. Um, because I, we're hearing messages from, I've heard my, one of my good friends talked about this online. I think, oh no, there's hope, not bad news. The world's not going into an absolute disaster. It looks like it. But if we realize who our source is and whose kingdom has come, we don't need to be afraid, and we don't have to spin extra it'll be okay stories um, with some end times stuff. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just baffled by the Christian world using this pandemic as uh, this is the end of the world type stuff and spinning a theory after theory. Uh, it's like, come on, this has been going on for centuries. Haven't you realized there's a better perspective and are better perspectives that have been taught for for long, long time? 
If you've never explored them, you don't know they exist. Otherwise, if you don't explore a better lens on all the topics of doctrine and theology, if you don't do research, you're only believing what you've been told, what your pastor tells you, or what Bible college told you, or what Sunday school told you. Uh, so please, those were nice pablum answers. And I meant the word pablum, which is baby food. Okay, those are great pablum answers, but we're called to grow and eat and mature and and see God better and better. If your lens of who God is hasn't changed in the last five years, in the last 10 years, in the last 20 years, in the last 40 years, something's wrong. Something's really wrong if you haven't changed your mind about who God is. It should be getting better. Your um, understanding of God's love should be wider and deeper and further than you were ever told. If it's still the same cookie-cutter box, um, I'm begging you. Uh, there, there's more. There's good news. The gospel means good news, not um, finished news. There we go. Go you know, take that book out from the library of God's love, and there you go. That's all it is. Put it back when you're done. Don't tear the pages. No, 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 no. God's love is messy. It's beautiful. It, it reaches more people than you ever dream. Oh, I'm teaching next week's sermon. I got to stop. Let's get into this. What is this uh, rest business? I think you'll, you'll enjoy this. All right. So rest and Sabbath. Um, when I started to look at what it means to rest, the Sabbath came up right away. And I'm not trying to teach an old covenant um, uh, message of keeping the Sabbath, as in uh, the Saturday. That's not my goal here. Um, but I'm, I want you to see the, the co-relation. There's something to be learned here for all of us. Um, here, Let's just look at the Sabbath. The origin of the Hebrew Sabbat is uncertain, but it seems to have derived from the verb Sabbat, meaning to stop, to cease, or to keep. Its theological meaning is rooted in God's resting following the six days of creation. So of the seven days, God worked for six and then rested on the seventh, according to the scriptures. So this is the story that's given to us in the book of Genesis. That's where we get the idea of Sabbath, taking time off. God modeled taking time off. That's really important. Um, I work a lot. I know that. I do take time off. Sometimes I don't get my day off, but I make up for it in chunks of time. I just um, find ways to get it back or I'll have to take extra days off. I'm not good at getting some of that back. And I got to figure out how to get do that better. But it's really hard. But this Greek word or the Greek noun sabbat translates the Hebrew noun sabbat. The noun form is used primarily to denote the seventh day of the week. So sometimes the word Sabbath can mean you're talking about Saturday. Uh, that's what this is saying here. At the end of every seven Sabbaths or 50 days, there's a lot of messages about rest. So here in uh, Leviticus 25, 1 to 7, in which the land was to be at complete rest. So the, even in scripture, there's built in not just physical rest for you and I working or the, for the Hebrews who was written to, for them to take rest and work. Let's take a look at these next um, verses because if you take these verses and ponder them this week, I think you're going to be encouraged. You're going to like what you see. There's a lot of good news coming here. 
All right, Genesis 2, 2 to 3, again, back on this word Sabbath, rest. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. What does the word holy mean? It means set apart. That day was set apart as a day of rest. Um, so be careful that you don't run ahead and have this weird mystical definition of holy. You know, oh, that is a holy day. What does that mean? The rest aren't? They're dedicated to something else. So we need to be careful that we don't over-spiritualize the word holy here. But God is holy. Yes, he's holy. He's set apart. You are holy. I am holy. We're all holy. You know, so... Uh, be careful that it's not worshipped as something outside of what has been established in creation. I think that's an important reminder for many of us. Um, Exodus 20, 8 to 10. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, set apart, okay? Keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. Wow, that's a pretty strict list. Remember, this is a written rule given to the Israelites. There is still a lesson we can learn from this. These rules are not written to you and I. We are not under the old covenant. We're not Jewish people, Hebrew people. This is an ancient writing written that points towards who the Sabbath is, who is Jesus. All this is set up for what is coming. So be careful not to worship this either. Another one, Exodus 23, 12. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, you must stop working. This gives your ox and your donkey a chance to rest. It's all, it also allows your slaves and the foreigners living among you to be refreshed. Well, isn't that lovely? Strict rules again on you must rest. Now, I don't know if you caught that. There's, there's a line there that's odd. Because th this comes with the beginning of deconstruction. When you start to see things in, in the scripture that uh, seems out of place and you question it, you're on a great path to understanding the depth of what these texts mean. It says here, it also allows your slaves and foreigners living among you. Slaves? Is this an endorsement for slavery? Well, I'll tell you, people have used this as an endorsement. That is not what this is for. This is how they lived. It does not make it right. All right. Uh, I don't understand it. I'm not going to get into it. But uh, my point for this text is there is an implication and a suggestion. Stop working. Take some time off. Take a day off. You know, uh, it's really cool. Next. Uh, Deuteronomy 5, 12 to 14. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Set, set it apart. As the Lord your God has commanded you, you have six days each week for ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen, your donkeys, your livestock, any foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. So there's even an implication here to rest your animals. Give them a break. Don't overwork them. You know why this is so important? Because this is beginning to show, while incomplete, because the whole slavery and 
however that works, this still is an underlying message that God is interested in his creation, that they live well, healthy, whole, refreshed. And so I thought that was really kind of cool. Uh, Exodus. Nope, I'm going to go back. Um, so back to this for just a second. There's even There are even rules in, in the uh, Old Testament for people who had farms. You know, to every seven years, let a certain field rest so it can replenish itself and heal itself. My dad uh, had a garden uh, when I was growing up, and uh, he took some of the stuff really literal. No, I don't think he did it as a... I'm trying to please God. That's not what he was doing. I don't believe that. I think he he caught uh, the implication here, and he tried to honor the intent. And so our garden had, uh, he split into seven sections. He did. And every year, one section was always empty, and, and uh, he put in all the compost into that section all the time. So all year, he filled that section up. Then he planted everything else. The next year, he switched sections. The next section was laid to rest. Nothing was uh, planted in that section. That was a, a really cool thing he modeled. I just, I'm realizing it as I'm telling you because I, I didn't think of it when I was preparing all this stuff. But that's really cool, you know. He's, he wasn't doing it about a rule. He didn't say, Mikey, when you grow up, you must do this because the Lord says so and you must follow the rules. That's not what he did. He modeled something for me of, hey, there's a principle of rest here. (laughs) And I know some other farmers do that too. I I don't know how it works or whatever, but there's a science to it. So kind of cool. All right, let's let's move on to the word rest now. Now, Sabbath, I want to get that out of the way because I want you to understand what the Sabbath was. Now we get into what rest is. So you'll like this one. Exodus 33, 14. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. What does that mean? Well, they he's saying, it's, it's clear actually. Just read it. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. But what do you mean give rest? Doesn't, doesn't rest mean stop, stop working? Well, it can it's one, one definition of it, but there's also rest for your soul. And I tell you, when you realize the presence of God is with you as you are going, as you are making it through this, this pandemic, as loved ones are facing terrible disasters around the world, um, God's presence is with us. And that in and of itself can bring a tremendous sense of rest and peace. you got to remember that. This, I thought that was really cool. And that's from the Old Testament. Then we have this, Isaiah 40, uh, 30 to 31. This is from the Passion Translation. I really like this one. Even young people faint and get exhausted. Athletic ones may stumble and fall, but those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles, run their race without growing weary, and walk through life without giving up. Wow, that's really cool. Even young people faint and get exhausted. It's talking about the humanity. If we don't rest, we're going to wipe out. We're going to faint. We're, if we don't eat right, something's going to happen to us. If we don't exercise, it's going to affect us. If we don't stop from 
a lot of exercise and racing, um, we're going to collapse and faint. It's just what happens. Everybody does. This is this is the way our bodies are designed. They're designed to rest. I love this uh, first asterisk um, where it says Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. Uh, another way to see that is will or will grow new feathers like eagles. It will renew their strength. That's a, you might know the renew their strength uh, from another translation, um, but that's what this one means. And I love this last one. So, um, it'll walk through and walk through life without giving up uh, or without fainting is what this is. Uh, the outer court is where we walk. The holy place is where we run and we soar like eagles into the heavenly realm in the holy of holies. Hebrews 10, 19. This, this is a beautiful picture. Again, this is about recognizing the presence of God. While we got pandemic stuff going on and it's hard to rest, there's a need to rest. I hope you're, you're going to catch that. Um, let's keep going because we're running out of time. Psalm 4, 8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Wow, you can't. getting sleep is also a kind of rest. Uh, and having a sense of peace is restful and brings a peace to you. Psalm uh, 23, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. I'm not going to read the whole thing for a moment because most of you know this psalm. But the idea of resting in green meadows, um, if you've heard me teach through Psalm 23 before, and I'm going to do it again, um, the idea of resting, a, a loving shepherd knows how to give the sheep the rest they need. A well-rested sheep, a well-fed and well-rested sheep will uh, produce much better coat of, of wool. So what the shepherd already knows after the, she the sheep have drank the water they need and ate what they need to eat, um, they like to lay down in green meadows. They, they don't like a, a, uh, a rough bed. They, they're kind of spoiled brats in a way. You know, they're picky eaters. They prefer really nice places to lay down. That's their preference. But once they're well-fed, they like to lay down. And the shepherd takes them to a green meadow to rest. And this is a, a beautiful image that uh, I think is worth um, pondering. Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of him who take refuge in him. How can you take refuge in God uh, without uh, experiencing rest? If we go to him, there's a sense of trust. Um, and if we don't know what that is, it will come to you. Ask God for that. Hey, show me what this means. Psalm 55, 6. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. <laughs> Psalm 62, 1. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Wow. I love that word rest. Psalm 91. I, I learned this one at camp as a kid. Uh, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. That's a powerful verse, especially when you're feeling anxiety. Like I'm talking psychological anxiety. I'm talking about physical anxiety, uh, all anxiety. This is a powerful one. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Please keep in mind, you do already dwell in the shelter of the Most High. Do you realize that? You're already in the presence of God. What you don't have is the awareness of it. So become aware of the presence of God in you. 
and you're, you're going to discover something really powerful. You're going to discover an internal rest you didn't see possible. Jeremiah 6.16 says, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask, ask for the old, godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. Jeremiah 31.25 says, for I have given rest to the weary and joy to the sorrowing. Yes, rest to the weary and joy to the sorrowing. People are still going through difficult times today. We may not see it as much, but they need rest too. Matthew 11, 20, I love this. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. I think this is the Passion Translation, pretty sure. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, and easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me, for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Wow. These are Jesus' own words. Are you, are you feeling flooded with pressure? I am. I am. I'm telling you I am. But you're a pastor. You're supposed to be doing all this resting still thing. Well, ha, true, but not because I'm a pastor. My role, my job does has nothing to do with my responding to this text. I am equal to you who is watching. Everyone here at Hope Fellowship, we're equal. This is me walking as a saint, seeing these words, I too must yield and live from Christ's rest. We need to learn to work from the place of rest, not try to get to a place of rest. Rest is a person named Jesus in you. Did you ever catch that? Rest has a name. Jesus. Take a look at this verse. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Well, that's not the religious system I grew up with. The religious system I grew up with, it was busy. <laughs> it was not pleasant. The rules were burdensome. It was a pain. <laughs> Mark 6.32. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. There are times to get away. Some of you have gone away for holidays. You've gone to a cottage. You've done a staycation because uh, you can't go anywhere. Um, you've taken a week away from the normal activities of daily work, and you've just changed the routine, and it's been more restful. Some people have done work projects at home that they wouldn't have done, so it's a change. And while they're working on the new project, that's still a restful activity because it's a totally different motivation. These are good things. John 16, 33, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. This is today's verse, folks. Please take a look. For all the, <laughs> all the messages that are coming at us from people, well-meaning people, the media, conspiracy theorists, blah, 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 all that stuff, take heart. Jesus says, because I've overcome the world. You need not fear and be afraid. And that does not, you, trusting in God doesn't mean you figured out what's going to happen. Okay, conspiracy theorists do. They think, oh, I know how this is going to play out. And you know what that means? It means they think they know better than all of you. They're trying to raise themselves up. I know a secret you don't. 
Well, if you see it that way, you realize that's not agape. That's the opposite of agape. <laughs> that, that's a lesson for all. If you're a conspiracy theorist and you're potent this stuff online, stop it and become more like Christ in only sending messages of love and hope. That's why we're doing this series, because I want to inspire hope and encouragement. Hebrews uh, 4, 9 to 11. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into God's rest, uh, sorry, faith rest life, we cease from our own works, just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them. So then we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. Huh. So don't be a doubt spinner. Be a faith spinner, a rest spinner. This Again, that, that's a whole sermon right there. I, I want to finish up, so I'm going to keep going here. Philippians 4, 6-7. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Oh, we covered that verse a couple weeks back because this is this is the pandemic verse. <laughs> wow. Well, this, this wraps up for today. I, I didn't think I would get to Beloved. So next week, um, we are going to deal with... Uh, uh, the idea of beloved. So, so far we've covered the be still, um, learning how to do that. We kind of touched on it again today. Uh, don't forget, Jesus went off to pray. There's value in going off to, to pray. If you're feeling afraid, there's value in looking up those verses again uh, that were shared on that Sunday. That was last week about, you know, not being afraid. And then today, these verses on rest, you may have to go back and watch all this. If you want the PowerPoint uh, PDF uh, of all these verses, just email me or message. No, email me. Email is the right way to do it. Email me and I'll send them to you. You can go through them and, and think them through, reread them because you'll probably read it slower than I read it out loud because I do things really quick because I got a lot of stuff I want to share with you. I got way too much of good stuff. But next week, oh my goodness, um, before I started this morning, um, I was starting to get ready for the beloved part and realized, oh, this one's going to be really good. So this is, that's all I can tell you. And then we're going to end uh, the following week with the, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream of hope. So I hope this has been an encouraging series for you. And uh, uh, I, I, it has even been to me. So I hope you enjoyed this message. <laughs>